Nervous. You nervous? Yes, I'm nervous. Are you catching nervous? Yeah, of course. It's it's Come on, Scott. I'm pretty big. I'm pretty intimidating. Yeah, I get a lot. Oh, yeah. I, I, just, I just got nervous when I saw him there. A five four. Yeah. Kid the same size as your son comes in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I coach kids, man. I'm looking, looking up to them half the time, and they're like 14, 13 That's years a old. Joke, isn't it? It's an absolute joke. Yeah, that's my like, son. Oh, mate. <laughs> and I remember, like, my son helping you you guys to put the, the chair. chair, remember? It's more just my arms. And I was like... It's not, it's not that like, heavy. I'm just, my arms aren't long enough to pick up more than four bloody chairs. And I was about to say to him, mate, be careful. That's heavy. Like, you're not, like... I was about to say, you're not tall enough. And then I look at him, I was like, huh. It's all good. You can do it. Mean, we'll, get, we'll get it. But I basically, I work, went to live in England for a few years. And I worked in, like, a... JB Hi-Fi times 10 type of thing and I used to take out like I used to work in the warehouse and used to be a when you take out TVs to the front entrance to have a boy there used to be a, a like a route you take to make sure you yeah. don't like you don't knock anything over so I used to carry this 50 60 inch TV out and you just see this trolley this TV just doing this in between the eye and every time then you see my head just pop out the side. <laughs> <laughs> just rolling out to the side next to you see my head just popping out and you get there and I, I gave a TV to Joe Gomez who plays Liverpool oh, right. and the really. kid's like so he's a kid, he's like two or three years younger than me, Joe Gomez, I'm like this. <laughs> he's just bought a 16-inch TV and he would have been he would have been about 16, 17 at the time. I, I was about 18, 19. And I was like, I can't even afford to live in this country. Yeah. No matter how oh you're buying a 16-inch yeah, where TV. Where were you living? I was living inside Liverpool with family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, shall, yeah. shall we talk about Liverpool? Um, it's better now. It's PSD, yeah. we don't want to. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah we, I want to make clear, we were talking about that before. And just because, like, I go for some Paul, and technically he goes for Liverpool. In 2005, we had an Easter back then. Anyway, what, what happened then? What happened? I don't remember. Like, I think... We got do beat you one. remember? Yeah, we got beat 1-0. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember. Like, I, I remember, like, it was three offside goals. <laughs> it, it was right. It was. <laughs> it was. Come on. Definitely. If, if we have, like, a VAR yeah. back then, yeah, we would be, like, totally nailed it, right? Definitely. If, if he had like a VR back then, the rule of crack and was like, yeah, it was offside. He's saying that they paid the refs. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, everyone in Brazil was like, hey, shall we pay the ref? Yeah. yeah. It's the only trophy we've never won. What? Only trophy we've never won. We've never oh, won yeah, trophy. that's true. Only trophy we've never won. We won I'm it. even more glad now. <laughs> well, we, now, we won it back in 2020. Yeah, yeah. A few ago, but yeah, it took a while for yeah. it to happen. Yeah. There you go. Well, Sorry. There you go. <laughs> Start off with a. With a PTSD stuff. Yeah, PTSD, emotions. <laughs> Memories of crying when you're eight years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was exactly. crying. Yeah. I was like happiness. Crying of joy. Like joy yeah. Sadness. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of being hench, you are the one, the, the, the true strength and conditioning coach. I am, yep. And you tell us a bit about your experience, what you do. I know you noticed the, uh, the shirt that he's wearing, Play Performance Project. Shout out to them. Yeah, tell us a bit about what you do. So, doing. basically, coming from England, I was... No, full football background. Mm-hmm. You know, never could never do anything else. So yeah. moved out here in two thousand and eight. Um, kind of went through primary school, high school, and I was finishing high school. And you know, didn't know what I wanted to do. I was probably going to go to uni and do your typical PE teaching yeah. degree, yeah, which yeah, most lads, yeah. girls that just don't know what they want to do, but they want to do something in sports. So they just do <laughs> something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, I got offered to go play in the Robbie Fowler Academy back in the UK. Inside Liverpool for two years, I was meant to be there for. I lasted about 10 months and came home, but I studied exercise science there. Yeah. Um, it was like a college type of level, which is kind of like year, year 11 and 12 here. Mm-hmm. So I studied it there and, you know, I kind of got a really, um, thought I'd really enjoy this, learning more about the box. I never yeah. actually enjoyed PE when I was at school. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed playing dodgeball and yeah. badminton and the practical, but I never listened to the theory stuff. Oh, really? um, so after doing it this way, I really enjoyed, you know, the theoretical side of it. Mm-hmm. as well then turn it into the practical knowledge so came back here did a quick deployment in fitness which is quite a pathetic course yeah, well, yeah. yeah. quite yeah. a pathetic course did you do like the certificate three and four no? I did do cert three and four no I did straight diploma because oh, cert yeah. three and four didn't, oh my gosh, didn't get me into uni well, diploma think. got okay. me into uni um, cert three and four I think would have been better because they actually teach you how to prescribe exercise a bit more the diploma is a bit more on um, working yeah, with man. people with um, a few chronic injuries like diabetes yeah. which, oh, right. which I learned a little bit about but after going to uni and studying it we learned absolutely bugger all so mm-hmm. um, did that got my diploma and got, went started my exercise science degree at uni yeah um, and starting that's where it all kind of started and so how long you got left for your have you finished it um, well I'm literally waiting on my final uni exam there you go and if I passed it I finished that's if cool. I haven't so I've got, waiting on a result just 
Yeah, we, well, we meant to get it last Friday. Mm-hmm. It's now That's perfect. a week in advance. So. <laughs> yeah, so we, we, we can keep you guys updated. So. Yeah, yeah, so we'll let you know. We'll, we'll let we'll get know. a message and <laughs> no, stop yeah, 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 yeah. You can get a message anytime. So yeah, it's kind of nervous. There you go. Perfect. Uh, and so you work at Play Performance Project? Yeah, so that's kind of like my second, more yeah. favourite side of it, kind of like the second job that I do. Mm-hmm. So I met you through my job at the YMCA. Yes. So obviously doing gym work there, but obviously working in the stadium role with you, but kind of with the gym stuff there, it's good, it's nice, it's pretty easy, um, consult with general population, people, it gets quite boring. Not necessarily on the, the football side. No, there's obviously that's just your general population that come in, want your typical, I want to lose five kilos in three days mm-hmm. type of thing. Mm-hmm. To, <laughs> three days? Or they want to lose Because that's, that's entirely possible. Yeah, right? exa- exactly, yeah, yeah. but then they don't want to stop eating shit. Yeah, they um, just want to just work out once. Exactly, so... Um, but then in the start of January, um, I saw just an ad on Facebook and kind of this business where it was looking at working specifically strength and conditioning with soccer athletes, which yeah. is what I really want to do um, in the future. So spoke to them and yeah, it's been really good actually. Really That's good cool. Is there any minimal age that you normally deal with? Um, we can have different age groups. So initially it was like um, a junior, like a senior and then a bit older but um we can just whenever you want to book in but yeah. so there's no really minimum age as long as they can actually come in and kick a ball and actually mm-hmm. and when you, when you do have like the younger ones like you kind of like have to deal with the parents as well right because they kind of like they look for you before right i'm saying well some parents can maybe force their kids in a little bit mm-hmm. um yeah. But then some kids just come in by themselves and some parents come in and sit and watch some parents feel like just have your kid and yeah tie my kid out for an hour yeah, yeah. and we've had a few so the guys that own it um, so it's under the One Culture banner um, who do a lot of stuff with um, disability support and mm-hmm. ethnicity stuff um, and the person who runs that is, is Nardo is that how you say his name Josh he's, he's like, like co-founder oh, okay. Josh James who, Josh, okay, um, Josh. he's done a bit with Adelaide United quite a lot yeah. um, he's in Central Coast now working mm-hmm. setting up kind of One Culture there mm-hmm. but the guy that runs the PPP side of it is um, name's Cliff yeah, he yeah. plays for Olympic first team, so cool. he's an EP exercise physiologist. So he kind of does all the background stuff and um, learning off him, kind of just learning off people like him. Um, and we've had again different different age groups. We've had the Olympic um, under nines come in, so that's just we've had about ten nine year olds come in. That's mm-hmm. just keeping them busy, keeping them running, very minimal structure to it. Mm-hmm. But then you'd get some um, younger lads who are from Metro Stars under thirteens that are great quality, but just need to learn some basic movement patterns to I've had Chelsea Dorber who's been with the Matildas before mm-hmm. come in for a PT session just um, doing mm-hmm. a few different things so yeah so before we get into what exactly you do some people might not even know what the strength and conditioning even is what, yeah. what, that, what is it <laughs> yeah yeah. Well, kind of the idea is it's two training modalities so you've got obviously the strength side of it and then the condition side of it and if you look at that through an athlete's point of view you want, yes you want to get strong we just need to be conditioned. So that's kind of the difference between, say, someone that's just, you know, your bodybuilder that's just doing the resistance training side of stuff. So is that kind of combining the two modalities that kind of interact with each other to then, kind of training athletes is the way I define mm-hmm. it. Um, to do a lot of working with these S- SANFL sides, mm-hmm. you've got to have like an ASCA level one course, which is the Australian Strength Conditioning Association. Okay. So you've got to have like your level one of that, which I do have. Um, and... Yeah, it's kind of just the idea of working with athletes. Yeah, it's kind of the main objective about strength and conditioning. And so, the benefits of doing the strength and conditioning, like, why would somebody want to even do it? Like, different different stages of when people want to start their training. If you're brand new into your training, it's um, if you're young, it's more about learning basic movement patterns. So your squat, your lunge, your hinge, your push, mm-hmm. and your press. So then, when you get to that older stage, you don't you've already learned the technique. You then yeah. Start, you can start lifting heavy with safe technique. Um, say someone like Chelsea Dorber that came in, so she just finished um, her W League season, goes straight in into an MPL season here with Adelaide City. Mm-hmm. So she's not trying to get stronger, she's not trying to get more conditioned, mm-hmm. she never has an off season. So the main, her one with N, Adelaide City in the MPL is her off season. Yes. So her, our main objective, yes, can we get a little bit stronger through that this period, but mainly about injury prevention. So we're doing a lot of um, isolated cam movements that just to keep her on the field. Um, so you see a lot of um, people in season, it's all about 
just keeping the lads on the field because you can do all the strength and conditioning work and be lifting yeah. three times your body weight, but if you do that in the gym and then could pull a hamstring out on the pitch, there's, there's no point. No matter. So the, the main thing about strength and conditioning is keeping lads and girls on the pitch. That's yeah. the main yeah. objective, really. So okay, so it's more it's more about injury prevention. One hundred percent injury prevention is yeah. the again, especially like in season, it's kind of where you come into. It. If you come into that younger age. It's more about learning the basics, um, but if you're coming a bit of an older age and you're in season, yeah. it's obviously all about that injury prevention to start with. So you're talking about the in season. In terms of what if it was in the off season, like would the goal is still injury prevention, or is there other things that strength and conditioning can help with? Or that's where again, different to that cert three and cert four, we learn to use periodization. Mm. Um, so you know you normally go through, you know, as soon as the season finishes, let's say you have a couple of weeks off, everyone needs a rest. And um, then you start getting back into it. You start doing a few light gym sessions, get the body back into it. And then you kind of go into a hypertrophy strength building phase where you want to build as much muscle as you can. Mm-hmm. And kind of you get closer and closer to the season, you then start turning that muscle and then trying to develop that into more power-based exercises. Um, so then as soon as the season hits, you're not, you know, you think of the, the typical bodybuilders that they'll, they'll go through a strength block where they bulk and then they cut mm-hmm. when they go on the, the stage type of thing. What we're trying to do is Obviously not bulk to the extent they do, mm-hmm. but gain as much muscle mass in the off-season as we can because you can't lift heavy weights when you're trying to yeah, so then go train yeah, three yeah. nights a week as well as playing. What's your thoughts minutes. on, because a lot of people, especially like traditional, think, traditional thinking, where it's like, if I get heavy and big muscle, then I'm going to be slow or I'm not going to be flexible anymore. Within reason, within reason, yeah. 100%. You know, you look at some bodybuilding, so you, you've seen a few where they'll stick something on their back and they can't reach it because they're just too big. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Um, and their yes. flexibility is awful, but they're bloody strong. Yes. Is that fine line between you want to get strong, but then you also need to be flexible, you need to be powerful, you need to learn to move that... Um, that mass that you've created, you need to be powerful and explosive with that as well. And then obviously that comes into more position based as well, where I'm not a big fan on doing too much. You're a centre back, you should be you know, tall and strong. You're yeah. a winger, you need to be. That's you a stereotype. Should, you should be, really. you know, you should be slim and quick. It very depends on the player, um, but it does come into it a little bit. Then um, if you're, you know, I'm never going to be, you know, I'm five four and weigh about sixty kilos. I'm never going to be the massive strong guy that's going to push off the ball and naturally I'm going to be quicker than you mm-hmm. do I that mean I don't do any strength work no but does that mean I also need to prioritise maybe some of my strength sprinting mechanics and my explosive speed 100% so you may even like depending on the player that you get you might tailor the 100%. way you train to either the body type or the position or what they're trying to do. so I've got a lad with me at play performance at the minute who's um, he's only a young lad so you know he's not really fixed to a position he plays about under 15s um you you know we do one on ones. He can push me off the ball. He's a very strong lad. But you get him to do push ups. You get him to do some sit ups and stuff like that. He's actually really quite weak in those yeah. individual muscles. And basically, because his body, he, he hasn't grown into his body yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where again we talk about injury prevention. Yes, we're in season, but he needs to learn to grow into his body. So his ligaments, tendons, and muscles are all growing at different rates. And that's when a lot of injuries happen for young. Yeah. Athletes. So because I also obviously deal with that age group a lot. Um, and you do hear of some kids getting pains and niggles and then they go to the physio and it's always like growing pains. All they say is growing pains. Yeah, that's like the standard. Safe bet. It's just the instant diagnosis of, okay, growing pains, nothing to do about it. Is there, because that's a very, it's it's an age that all kids will go through of, okay, my knees are hurting, this and hurting. Is there, is that just normal or can you also help that with strength and conditioning or is it just like growing pain is definitely normal I mean yeah. I never actually went through, I don't know what growing pain yes. I never went through a growth yeah. spurt I just slowly grew I, yeah. so I actually don't know what a growth spurt <laughs> feels like I don't still know waiting what, on it don't know what growing pain feels like me too like. man I'm about the same height as you so I'm, so I'm still just, waiting on mine exactly but <laughs> <laughs> but the I'm fact still, still six waiting. foot of the shoes I like to say 100% exactly I wear the thickest shoes I can yeah. like three pairs the of socks biggest boosters you know, exactly yeah, orthotics with a lift yeah um, but definitely kind of strength conditioning or just maybe not the conditions but definitely some strength training in and around that to help mm-hmm. facilitate that can actually yeah. benefit and yeah. reduce pain so so actually okay because I thought if you I was thinking okay they've got pains will doing more hurt them or the right things might actually help gotta be the right thing um, if you're if they're a decent age, so I would say one of the lads I'm working with now, he's been with me right since the start of the year, I've recently started getting to do just typical, your barbell back squat, just a bar um, onto a box. 
So he's, he's kind of progressed from doing body weight to doing some weighted, holding a dumbbell. Now he's progressed to the barbell. Mm-hmm. Um, if he started coming with growing, growing pains, I'm not going to keep throwing weight on and weight on until he gets stronger and stronger. It's kind of keeping the body moving while you're going through them growing pains. Because if you just stop, mm-hmm. even at that young age, you're going to lose that. It's called atrophy. So yeah. your muscle gets weakened. Okay. They're going to lose that quite quickly. So you have to kind of keep that body going. And it just needs to be within reason. You can't just keep throwing weight on and weight mm-hmm. on. It has to be within reason. Yeah. Not cool. There you go. Perfect. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, there I'm you go. I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll take notes. The last podcast, I will, I will, we were just talking about it. And I was like, well, I will get everything sorted. So technically, I'm not even thinking about how I'm going to edit the podcast. I'm thinking, how am I going to use <laughs> yeah. my favorite? Like, this, this podcast is going to come out oh, two weeks yeah. late because he's just going to be watching it over Taking and over notes. again. Go, okay. yeah, how can I get? How can it's I? It's going to take ages, <laughs> and you're going to see like just like pretty much like him talking to me and saying, "You know, I should do this." Yeah, you know, I should do this. And next podcast, he's going to be shredded because of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I'll put like I'll tag you there <laughs> for sure. No, yeah, no, that's that, it's so exciting. I think we were talking about that and how important it is. And some kids, I remember like seeing kids back home, they kind of like, they want to do it because they know how important it is. Of course, when they grow and they become like a pro or something, they know how important it is. And then they are kind of like, they don't want to do it Mm -hmm. because like, that's not the fun part of playing soccer, for example. But that's one of the most important ones. And talking like, as we were talking before, like my team back home now, every two games, we have one player getting injured. Mm-hmm. Because the whole COVID situation, they were not training properly because of the whole situation there. And that's how important it is. Because they were not training properly. They were not doing everything the way they supposed to. Mm-hmm. Every two games, we have one or two players literally down because of some injury. And, mm-hmm. I think you can never actually train how you're going to play. Yeah. You know, in training, you never run at that max speed. You try to, yeah. but mentally, you never run at that max speed because it's training. You're not to 100% ready. Exactly. So then all of a sudden, you're running max in a game and you're, you know, your hamstring's not used to that. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, that's when the hamstring can go. Because yeah. it's just not used to running at that velocity of speed. Um, in terms of, like, doing strength and conditioning, is there, like, once a week, three times a week? Like, what sort of things should, you know, how often should you do it? It kind of depends on... You know, depending on age, um, depending on schooling, because there is that thing of overtraining. Um, I found that when I was coming through and I was at Adelaide City, I was doing three times a week training and then I was trying to do as much gym work as I can as well as my own conditioning. And you burn out, you know, especially these NPL scenes now, that, you know, even add COVID in where, yeah. you know, you're having these lockdowns and adding extra weeks. They're long seasons. And I, I was getting to the point where we were reaching finals and finals would be where you start to peak mm-hmm. and you start getting excited to play finals footy. I know so many lads that are actually thankful. Maybe not if they're in the top two, mm-hmm. but if they're in that, you know, say top six make finals, they finish seventh, it's not the end of the world. Mm. Because they're going to get knocked out the first week of the finals anyway, yeah. that's the season, because they just, they're knackered. Mm. They're just so tired. And that's where then Australia and Adelaide are so far behind. So yeah. far behind. Um, Australia's far behind, you know, Europe and the US. Adelaide's far behind Melbourne and Sydney. Mm-hmm in that regard of training, you know, I remember when I was at City, we had two lads that, you know, they were decent coaches, but we could have, the team we had at the time, we could have done well, mm-hmm. regardless. Um, but we're really, you have your kind of peak, you do your pre-season, and you get peak for the first get, match day one. Really, the, how long the season is, you start to find a new peak. So, get hit, reach the halfway point of the season, you really need to maybe go, okay, we need to do a mini pre-season. It may de- be detrimental. We may lose a few games because we're going to be tired. Mm-hmm. But that means we're going to be peaking for the final series, if right. that makes sense. So you kind of need to do that like, mini pre-season. Because yeah. that long season is, you have to do that like, mini pre-season. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you hit finals, you're actually peaking again yeah. instead of having that... Like a bit of the, the slope where you just like, I can't be asked anymore. So with the mini pre-season, what sort of stuff are you talking about? Is like just the going back to more of the conditioning side? Of Maybe things. doing a bit more conditioning. Um, you know, you think of your Mondays. Monday's more recovery. Mm-hmm. Tuesday's more... You're technical, Thursday's more your tactical. Yeah. Monday, instead of recovery, you might still just do small sided games. Um, small sided games is the best thing you can do for um, match day fitness. Oh, for me, yeah. Like, because, even as a player, you, you, know, you, feel, it you, you sure. feel it, it's competitive, and it's it's better than just doing, you know, obviously 
we can talk about long distance running or you want, yeah. but even the yeah. short shot sprint because it's your match day running. You're changing direction like you would. You can't replicate the change direction in a game. Can't. There's no drill that replicates yeah. it. Yeah. So you change your direction. Um, you you know you're throwing into tackles. You're getting your body on body. You know talking about injury before. Yeah. Could have COVID. You're not allowed near each other. All of a sudden they're in back in the season. There's contact. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden loads of lads getting contact injuries because mm-hmm. the body's not used to it. You know you see the AFL players bumping each other. Yeah. They're trying to get that body primed and ready for some sort of physical confrontation. So, you know, it gets that physical confrontation in. Kind of just building, you know, and it's said on the Tuesday, yes, you might do some technical work, but it has to be more, more, what's the word I'm not going to speak now? More, uh, well, more intense. To, there we yeah, go. Yeah. And I, I'm the, oh, right, yeah. I, I was about, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. as I said, I was about to help because, like, as you guys know, He's English, English. Is, English is like something that I. Deal like it's so easy. <laughs> so yeah, I was about to help, but like he got it. I, mean, I, I was like, I, yeah. I was literally whispering to him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm you couldn't see because the, the camera was focused on him. Yeah, but yeah, I'll do it. Saying I'm the English one. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, you slowly start to reach the intensity. You know, sometimes later on in the season they'll go right. We just kind of go on game by game. Let's just get through training. Let's get to match day. Mm-hmm. Where no, you actually need to start to increase that training. And if increasing the training, lads want to come to training more. Because mm-hmm. by the time you get to around 17, 18, training is exactly the same. It's so repetitive, so boring. Yeah. You know, it starts to rain. Mm-hmm. Lads start not coming because it's raining. They get tired. They start pulling injuries. Mm-hmm. Where we start increasing the training, make it harder. And then small-sided games, you know, fun new exercises that get lads and girls in- interacted. Mm-hmm. Slowly start to increase the intensity. And then by the time you reach that finals period, it... You know, you're prime ready to go. No, I definitely agree in terms of that because, like, even if you get told to do sprints or, or these long distance running, every player, especially mid season, where you know you're tired and you're thinking, "What am I doing this for?" Like, and then how are you going to get fit if you're not putting 100 percent into it? Exactly. I mean, we, even... we tried to do one. We're in Adelaide City. We said, "Right, we want to try and do a mini preseason, so then we're fit and ready to go for." Um, I think we had a hard run of games where we had like a month full of you know the top four sides. Um, so we started doing at the end of each round we started doing sprints mm-hmm. and then we're doing every other day every other week we'd do a bit of a long distance run and we were getting timed mm-hmm. well we knew damn well that we were going to keep getting timed we had to get better mm-hmm. so therefore you start quite slow yeah you're a little bit faster and of course yeah. that competitive edge kicks in a little bit but mm. you all know that you need to get better you know you're going to get faster each week um, even with the sprints we know that we're going to be doing sprints at the end of training so in training, you go easier. You go a little bit less. You know, you still got sprints to go. You know, you, you can imagine small side again. Your next one, next goal, the winner, and everyone starts flying and tackles. Mm-hmm. If we all know we've got sprints afterwards, we're thinking, uh, no uh, one's scoring. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's nine o'clock and no one's yeah. scored yet. We're not doing sprints after <laughs> yeah. this. You know what I mean? So kind of it's that, kind of that mental thing as well. Mm. But and that's the issue is where we have coaches here that don't have that strength conditioning background. Um, it's getting better and better, um, but coaches here just still just. Soccer coaches, but you I don't have that. I think even what you're talking about is even kind of like player management in terms of mm-hmm. the mental side. Where they think, okay, can we alter the training in a way that will get the most out of them? Because yeah, cool, you might set out a perfect plan of if they did this at maximum, like, you know, 100 percent intensity, and if their heart was fully in it, yeah, it'd be perfect. But we're humans, so I think that's what you're ta- talking about. There is cool, perfect. Get your strength and conditioning philosophy, but then okay, can we make sure we understanding how the players might be feeling? And that's where the player management comes in. So from a, well, we'll go from a junior point of view in a minute, but from a senior point of view, I know I was at Port Adelaide Pirates last year and we had a lot of older boys. And I know a few of the older lads would miss it. So if we did sprint at the end, so a few old lads would miss it. Mm-hmm. And some, some lads were like, they should, be, they should be doing sprints more than anyone because they're the older boys, they need to keep fit. Mm-hmm. I know from my you know, knowledge and the background that actually know them not doing the sprints is actually more beneficial for them because them running these top speeds more like they're not going to run at top speed in the game yeah. you know, somebody mm-hmm. like the centre back centre mids mm-hmm. they're there for they're older they've dropped down from the um, MPL to come down they're there for leadership and they're just going to stay in the middle and just pick balls out mm-hmm. they're not going to be running at 100% so why then get them to that in training where they, something can just go mm-hmm. yeah. and then coming that from a junior point of view if you've got a lad that's got the growing pains got a few niggly injuries just from something small they should be able to go to the coach look I've got these growing pains or I've got this sore ankle or mm-hmm. my knee's a bit dodgy, dodgy hip, you know, again, muscles, ligaments all growing differently at different stages. The coach will be going, no worries. 
but right. like, sit out the sprints. Mm-hmm. But it's that fine line, then the coach is going, nah, you're fine. Yeah. Or if you don't do the sprints, you're not playing this week. That's what I was about to say. Most of it being yeah. cool, he's not prepared, he's not ready, his body's not good enough, he's then going to get dropped. And then players know that and go, okay, well, I'm not going to say anything. And then they put the body in, in, in detrimental moments. And all of a sudden, instead of that niggly injury, now becomes a full tear. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the adverse side effect is, you know, other lads going, well, I can get out the sprints if I have a niggly injury. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it's that fine line. And coaches should know, they know who... They know you can learn your players, know, yeah. Even the teammates know their players. Yeah, yeah. No yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just give me one second, guys. Nah, cool, cool, cool. So, um... In terms of like maybe if there's some of even my players or other players watching this, could they even do things at home to start off with, or should you know what are some things people can do like now to help themselves? Definitely. So you know, say if you've never been to the gym before, you've never done any sort of type of moving patterns before. Say squat, push, pull, and lunge are like and hinge are the main few that you want to learn. You know, your typical bodyweight squat. Mm-hmm. Learning proper squatting mechanics. You know. Yeah. YouTube have them all over the shop. Knees mm-hmm. over toes, palm back, chest up tall. Nice and easy cues. YouTube will have it. Mm-hmm. Um, lunge, kind of make sure never knees caving in, knees always pushing out. Mm-hmm. Um, you typical push up, learn the basic push up mechanics. So then when you do it, get a bit older and you get in the gym, you've kind of got these basic movement patterns already. Um, and the small things like landing mechanics. Step mm-hmm. off your couch and we'll see how you land. If yep, your knees yep. are caving in, you need to learn, okay, um, land. Knees over toes. Okay, you're on a game where you jump up in the air and all of a sudden you land with knees caving in, we could be prone to some injury there. So knees caving in could is a is a bad mechanic. You know that um, the ACL injuries, you see a lot of ACL injuries where lads on girls jump up and the knees cave in. Right. It's definitely female athletes because the way that especially as they get older, mm-hmm. the body shape, the hips are wider and then, then the knees come in. Mm-hmm. So it's more important for um, female athletes. So landing mechanics are a main one as well. Kind of learn those you know, all these new mechanics. When we first start, so jump, step off your couch, don't even need to jump, step off your couch, knees over toes, kind of sitting in like a quarter position. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a lunge, squat, hinge, hinge are the top one to learn, um, even, so definitely the toughest movement to learn, even when I'm teaching somebody how to do it. Mm-hmm. Some, some kids don't get it and they won't get it until their brain develops a yes. little bit more on how to work and how to move their, yeah. their body all simultaneously. But the hinge kind of stems, learn how to deadlift. Deadlifts is the best exercise you can do. Okay. Um, okay full body exercise. Obviously, deadlifts is way down the road if you're mm-hmm. just starting out. Yeah, don't if you're a 10 year old kid, don't do a deadlift. <laughs> <Don't start laughs> yeah, relax. Straight away. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, learn that hinge mechanic. If you can learn that when you're around 10 to 12 years away, by the time you hit that 14, 15, 16 mark, you start going to the gym. Straight away, you know how to hinge. You can probably say deadlifting a little bit of weight. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So, yeah. um, Kind of YouTube's your best bet. There are so many um, like tutorials there yeah. that can teach you proper mechanics. So therefore, when you maybe search out, you know, we do you do work with you, or you search out for other um, people, you already know some basic mechanics. Mm-hmm. All I'd say is if you do look out and try and find someone for a little bit of help, don't just go to a PT that has a third search for Because they're just going to do typical push pull leg yeah. type of thing. Yeah. Um, look for them to have a ASCA level one, that means they've done some sort of strength conditioning qualification mm-hmm. that involves, you know, it goes in depth where you talk about athlete monitoring and heart rate monitoring, but obviously that's a bit more in depth. Um, also look for someone that has an entire science degree. Mm-hmm. They just know how to work all these modalities together yeah. so they're not going to influence one or the other. They're not just going to get you in the gym, they're not just going to give you a, a sprint training program or give you some aerobic training program to do around. Yeah, that proper training. Exactly. So, yeah, so there are some amazing PTs out there that haven't done a degree because they've gone straight to the PT and they've mm. done their own knowledge. Mm-hmm. So there's some great PTs out there, but ideally you want to look for something that ask a level one and done some sort of degree around that shit, um, exercise science. Yeah, yeah. And personally, I would say, well, even maybe try to find someone who's maybe even the background is in football so then they have like a yeah, underlying be knowledge too. of course cool, it would be great yeah because yeah, I understand how football is this is another lesson there you go the next time will teach it's okay they will have like caption I will correct later even though I put sometimes I put like totally wrong yeah yeah but yeah what we do a lot of strength coaches already sample size only know footy where you have to be big and strong you can't be small and play for you. You yeah. can't be. The amount of contact in 
Um, you can get away, no, Messi. You can get away with being small and getting away being professional soccer player. You can. Yeah. So the way they're just two different sports. Yeah. I don't agree that one certain coach can coach all these different sports. I feel like you need to have some sort of knowledge in the sport. I wouldn't feel comfortable going and training a Saint Cup, a sample side, because yeah, I just don't yeah. know enough about AFL. Mm. I know your basics. You never experienced. I can get the lad strong, but do I know the actual in depth of the sport that actually? the nitty gritty mm. stuff that are really going to make that one for senses I don't yeah. but that's where the soccer side of it comes from so I understand where they come from you can, then you can build that rapport and relationship with the, with mm. the, with the athlete themselves because um, they're trusting you like okay I know where I've been where you've been mm. type of thing especially at a young age as well yeah because you've been through so you know how to deal with as I said technically it's not essential but it's so important and we're talking about that because like of course I'm I'm pretty sure you'll be able to to do like some strengthening in a, in a basketball or something like that. Of course, because you're going to study, you're going to apply everything you can to do like the best. No matter what sport you are, yeah, strong, it's play. for everything. Yeah, the, the very basic of it. But yeah. then when you go like, as I said, like a really depth, then you need to have some experience, I reckon, because it would be better. As as you said, like okay, I've been there. I know what you're talking about. I know how to deal with. And even like in the emotional part as well. So yeah. Say lads, um, lads and girls that are going towards the you know their first under eighteens are a lot younger than say when we were under eighteen mm. when they were actual eighteen year olds mm. a lot younger these days. Yeah. So these these fifteen year olds are having to do these full seasons and then prime and get ready to go for finals. Mm. Some of them will come to me and they're just knackered. Mm. Their yeah. bodies can't handle it, and then like, well, I know where you've been, so let's kind of decrease the training load. Where if it I if I even have that relationship with them, they'd be like, Well, why are we decreasing your training load? Mm. We've got finals coming up, I need to know they're heavier than ever, I need to look faster than ever, I need to do all this stuff where actually because I know I've I've been where you've been, you have yeah. to take a step back. Yeah. So have have you ever been in a situation that someone just goes to your place and hey, look, I want to become a faster or like stronger or something like that, but then when you realize, hey, all you need now is rest. Because like you're like over. One percent, one percent. They come in, and, you know, you look at their profile, and when they book in, they say where do you want to develop. Mm. Um, faster, stronger, better. Yeah. <laughs> faster, I'm stronger, I'm yeah. better on the ball. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> if you can find a bill for that, like, yeah. Um, but some come in, and you know, maybe not rest because we haven't been open for long yeah, now. Yeah. But similar type of thing. Some will come in, but they actually don't have basic mechanics. Mm. So. Without even touching a weight, you kind of learn their sprinting mechanics. <laughs> Technical difficulties. <laughs> That's Kyle's fault. How's that my fault? Oh my gosh, Kyle. Well, this TikTok, this is a blue zone when I want. He's breaking the studio. Oh, look. oh, oh, whoa, oh my whoa, gosh. Whoa, whoa, what's going on? Oh my Mama, gosh, Kyle. Look what you've done. You're nasty. I need to blame someone, remember? Let's blame Scott. <laughs> yeah, Scott's fault. Oh he's, my He's too hench, too many years I think even like the color just changed there too. Look, it's blue now. Blue? Oh, it hit the switch. Oh, we can do oh my god. Everything's gosh. going on. See, See you guys. later. Thank you. <laughs> That's the podcast it. over. Thanks we'll be for back coming. next week. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> While we're at it. Come green. Green. Yeah, so let's start the whole podcast. Yeah, Again. yeah. None of it recorded. It's all over. Yes. It's so my name is... In- <laughs> <laughs> this is Scott. This is Scott. Yeah. Can you introduce yourself? <laughs> Let's start again. So that was like just... Well, yeah, just yeah 36 minutes of warm-up. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't remember. Like, yeah, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Do you have a girlfriend? <laughs> Let's talk about your personal life. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> get into the nitty-gritty. Yeah. Remember like we were... T- Interviewing... No? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> we, we, that's, that's off camera stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. But, uh, well, in terms of uh, the. Yeah. <laughs> no, so yeah, Sorry. so in terms of like, we were talking about uh, football, having a background in football as a, as a strength and conditioning coach. Especially because even at the start of the podcast, we we're saying, well, it's good because you will know different people in different positions may need to train differently. So if there's a basketball, a person with a basketball background, you're going to them for, for football strength and conditioning obviously it's going to be you're not going to get the most out of it exactly. especially when there's already people out there like yourself they'll have the, they'll have the basic understanding and alright so basically when we get a new client the idea is um, you would think called the needs analysis okay what's a sport what does a sport entail 
what are the aerobic capacities, what are the anaerobic capacity, what are the strength outputs, you know, do they change direction, at what speed do they go, all these type of things. Um, but you know, in talking you never you rarely sprint over forty meters if that. Mm. Some people might get you doing hundred meter sprints as a for say as, as if you go to a track S C mm. coach, they might get you hundred hundred meter sprints. Yeah, they'll get your technique really good, but you run at hundred meters. Mm. Where in talking you never run beyond forty. You know, the pitch is only 90 meters long, yeah. you're not going beyond 40. So, there's that kind of nitty gritty stuff um, that only if you understand sport you can maybe help with. Yeah, and if you're going to go out your way to get specialist coaching, you may as well get the best. Exactly, and if you're not, you know, obviously, I said before, you want to look for someone with the qualifications or that, obviously, that is going to increase maybe their price range and all that type of stuff. Mm. Um, but if you're going to go out your way and get some support, if you are looking to make that next step, it is now a part of the game. You can't just, um, unfortunately, you know, you've got their own trainer will come for you to help with their mm-hmm. technical stuff and some yeah. strength and speed work I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also stuff that you need to do, something you need to outsource. Mm-hmm. Um, and something you need to invest a little bit of money if you want to maybe progress further. Yeah. And that's just the way things are. And then the high, the higher you go, those type of teams will already have those type of facilities exactly. available. Yeah, exactly. Now in, I know in Melbourne, Sydney, they have S&C coaches, Premier mm-hmm. coaches within the club. Um, only a few clubs have that here. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's not individualised, more of a team point of view, but you still have someone to talk with mm-hmm. regarding that stuff. Um, hopefully, the next few years, it's going to get a little bit better and better. But it's, it's, it's a work in progress within the industry. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And even just in, as you said, with Adelaide, everything's always a little bit lagging behind. behind yeah in terms sucks. of um, I remember last year of the season I sent out an email to every step one and every NPL coach saying look this is where I am regarding some um, S&C work and this is what I can offer mm-hmm. um, this was you know athlete, athlete monitoring I'm big into athlete monitoring uh, monitoring what's that basically um, monitoring the athletes there you go okay um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Sleep>. more elaboration <laughs> please <laughs> I need more detail. I'm dumb. We talk about their sleep, um, their stress levels, their fatigue, their muscle soreness. Mm -hmm. And from that, you kind of talk about, then I can then progress to the coach. So you get the coach, I go, actually, okay, little Jimmy's quite stressed. Mm -hmm. And Jamie is muscle soreness. So he needs to not do the sprints at the end of training. I mean, to speak to little Jimmy about what he's stressed about. Mm -hmm. And if he's fine one week, so kind of you put that in like an Excel spreadsheet, if you find one week that was... Great one week, but also they're really stressed the next. Maybe they just need a bit of a talk to, kind of like where that man management comes mm-hmm. in. You know, is everything okay at home, relationship wise, all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm big into that. Um, you know, are they getting enough sleep or recovery, all that type mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, using an RP scale, um, rate for sleep surgeon, how hard is the plan training? So as a coach, they might say, okay, this is gonna be really hard training. So 10 be the hardest thing you've ever done. They might aim for an eight, seven or eight training. Mm-hmm. If I speak to play naturally, some of them say, yeah, it's about six. I can say to the coach, actually, we need to bump it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Especially if you are, just yeah. okay, talk about before that mini preseason. If they say, okay, we need to pick training up a little bit, and I say to the coach, they're still finding this pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Okay, we need to bump it up. So, I, I, again, that's why I spoke to all these coaches, or sent loads of emails out saying, this is what I can offer. Free of charge. I'm just looking, you know, I can do a bulk session. How cool is that? I think Adelaide United guy got back to me and basically went, look, we have our own mm-hmm. S&C, like, yada, 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 which is, Enough, you'd expect at that level they'd have something um, <laughs> but yeah no, no one else would like me yeah no honestly I, I understand no that and I can already see why that'd be so beneficial but I can also see every coach not caring 100%. which is the problem in especially itself especially the old fashioned coaches yeah, that they say that keep going from club to club and no matter who they are because of their name they get a job for whatever exactly um, and they just want who they are and, but again also you've got to have you can have the coach buy in You've got to have play buying as well. Mm-hmm. If lads are going, you know, doing a massive twelve-hour day, like, um, you know, working mm. construction site, exactly. and then also the going told, not only do you need to train, you also need to go to gym on your days off and do this type of recovery. Some lads got, you know, I'm playing MPL, I'm getting paid X amount of money. It's not professional. I'm not going to do that. Mm. And that's where you know, that fine line is, where then some lads will go out the way because they do want to make that extra step. Some lads are like, I do enough. No, I, I make money by playing NPL. Mm-hmm. That's all I want to do. Yeah. So that, it's that fine line between you've got to have athlete buying as well. Mm. As well. No, so no, definitely. I'm learning so much yeah. today. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, I even noticed, like you said, you emailed all these people free of charge. Like We've done the same thing with our, the futsal program where we where we said, hey, look, come out for a session. 
it'll be, you know, for the, especially for the youth, where it's like, cool, let them get, get off the pitch, let them try something new, mm-hmm. get, let them get excited again during the season or something a bit different, a bit more exciting. We were all playing football when we were at school, and it was amazing. Like, yeah. so I went to Henry Harbour, it was a soccer-based yeah. school. We, we all did all outdoor, and we kind of just messed around, to mm-hmm. be honest. Also, we went, we had an indoor competition for a few weeks to finish the year off as mm-hmm. a bit of, like, competition. It was full-on... Like there's no market around challenges it yeah. was like no yeah. because it's, it's just something different it's exciting it's something new exactly because they kids from from age to five they go to soccer training each week same same environment same you passing practice same everything for five six seven years and we emailed out every club as well we said free of charge come out we we were hiring the venues we're hiring the coaches totally free no no they just don't want to buy it yeah. again the clubs keep to themselves yeah can, can I ask you guys something? I, I know you're quite young, but like, when was your very first contact with futsal, for example? Um, school, I reckon. I think uh, high school, though. No, mine would be high school as well. I did a little bit when I was in the UK where you had like a school holiday, school holiday program. Yeah. I did a bit of indoor futsal stuff there, but I can remember when I was really young. But so, yeah, well, besides school, have you ever been to a futsal training session? Like a futsal training session? I have not been to a, a futsal training session. No. Really? Never. Outside besides school. my own actual... Outside of um, like school, I've never actually played futsal. That is so fun. I've done indoor. Yeah. Like, messing around with mates, kicking off the wall. Because that is so funny. Like that, that, that's literally the very first part in Brazil. If you want to be part of like any professional soccer club or something, you need to go to futsal first. They don't play outdoor until they're like 12 or 13 years old. Literally, they don't. So we kind of have, of course we do have it, but like, hey, it's not like a really a competition or something you need to go in. So if you want to improve, if you want something, go to a futsal first. When you're 12, then you're able to choose if you want to go to the soccer or keep in the futsal. But like every single one is is literally like I'm not even talking like a majority. It's like everyone. It's it's like mandatory. So like, yeah, for example, do. when you have like thirteen, okay, I want to join that club. Okay, where did you play futsal? Where did you play futsal? I want I want to see it. What is your history? Like I want to I want to know what, what did you win or like what is your position? I want to see your skills. Mm. So literally, so like if you want to go to the soccer, you need to go to futsal first because there's so many things going on in futsal. That you can apply in soccer, and you're gonna be, you're gonna have like plenty of skills. You you gotta know like how to deal with plenty of situations in in one two second scenario, because that's how it works in in football, even soccer. Soccer, look, three seconds. If you if you're not gonna dribble, you have three seconds to think. If you think about it, yeah. you receive the ball and then you have to pass. You need to have some actions going on, so you have like pretty much three seconds in football. You have like how many? Straight away, you were saying like, ah, yeah. you pass, you do something. You Unless you, you were able to dribble, then you can have like more seconds. Because then you dribble, you still have the ball with you, but that's the only thing. And you'd be surprised, even though you go to some like junior soccer trainings, a kid gets the ball, he's got as many seconds as he wants. Yeah. He's got a he's got a mile of space, yeah. and he can <laughs> do whatever he wants. Yeah. And that's where you lose the intensity, the, you lose that, you know, the excitement. Where you go to a football training session, it's different. You're out, you're indoors, you're outside of any bad weather, and you get the intensity. You have no time on the ball. It's it's, it's smaller space. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's so beneficial. And we just updated our website showing how Lionel Messi, uh, Neymar, Neymar yeah. uh, Cristiano Ronaldo talk about. They all play futsal, and they say very without, like European, mm. Southern European, where you've got them. No, Spain, Portugal. Technical difficulty. There we go. I was struggling. I've been trying to fix it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is then very similar to them, the South American, you know, Spain, Portugal, very similar to them, South American countries where mm-hmm. they're all kind of the same regarding, the, you know, their, their thoughts on, on football with the software. I remember being eight years of age, seven years of age in the UK, and it's modified rule, obviously, we're not playing on a massive mm-hmm. 11 11 game, but it's and straight away it's for points. Mm-hmm. You know, we're playing for points when we're on the sixes. Wow. Three points for a win, mm-hmm. one point for a draw, zero points mm-hmm. for a loss. So straight away it's outdoor constantly. Mm-hmm. So I don't remember playing indoor once when I was in England. Yeah. And how yeah. big of a sport football is in the UK. Mm. Never played indoor. Yeah, so wow. it's, it's not That's a thing. So yeah, wow. But then also kind of going between the strength conditioning between the two, if you're a futsal player, say if you were playing futsal and you were playing um, outdoor, you're a professional mm-hmm. outdoor player, you're a professional football mm-hmm. futsal player, you think you'd have very similar programs. It's totally different. 
Yeah. The program at the top is he goes a lot, a lot of change direction, mm-hmm. acceleration, deceleration, you're decelerating quite a lot. Um, very minimal sprinting. Because you, you, Not you, know, you, you, you yeah. never get up to top speed. Yeah. So yeah. why would I ever do top speed training? I'll do acceleration, mm-hmm. but I never do training where we're getting you to top speed because you don't need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where yourself, we get the typical, you, do, you will hit top speed at some point, depending on your position. So we'll get you to hit, hit yeah. top speed. Yes, you're doing some change direction, but it's not as intense, and you know the forces aren't mm-hmm. as great because you're on grass, you're on boots, yeah. and if you're on you know hard ground. Mm-hmm. There's again the kind of difference between two. It, it does differentiate. So say if you, when you, people do go to the show, you need to specify do they play outdoor, do they play indoor, do they do a little bit of both because then the same against your coach will adapt that accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do indoor, it'll be different than your outdoor. But if you do both, it can be changed a little Can bit. I ask you guys something yeah. totally silly? Like, regarding, like, futsal, for example, and soccer, about injuries. Because, like, we can see, like, in soccer, like, they have, like, so much more injuries. At least that's what we keep seeing. Mm-hmm. Like, so much more injuries, like, like, hamstring and stuff like that. And technically, in futsal, even though you're now running, like, 100%, as you mentioned, but, like, the intensity is there. It's mm-hmm. all the time. Like, changing direction all the time. So, if you think about, like, muscles, it kind of seems that you're supposed to get more injuries playing futsal instead of like soccer because of the whole kind of like yeah again if they're not doing the um if they're doing their training and in training they're not getting the same forces going through their body if they're not changing direction the same force of what they do in the match the body's not used to it so all of a sudden you're doing about 50 percent all of a sudden in, in the futsal game you have to do it at 100 percent mm-hmm. muscles not used to it and it goes and mm-hmm. um, you know you think the main injuries in soccer are ankles hamstrings and groins main and, and, as well as the knee injuries um, and football will be a bit more of the groin knee type of way where the more lateral the exactly, yeah, change of direction we just do the, the like we don't do football games we are specifically just for footballs we're like hey look these are the benefits of futsal mm. and that's why you guys should be doing it And because you look at the it, it's crazy to not do it if you look at okay the types of players that we have in Australia then the types of players you see in, you know, from Brazil and all those uh, Argentina all those countries that have these spectacular players you go well if they're doing it and they're getting this result why, why aren't we doing it here and so we'll say hey look yes you want to be a footballer I know you want to be a footballer but we just want to do this training session to help you become that footballer and also, using the benefits of, yeah, of futsal and it kind of sounds between both you don't get better unless you have some sort of stimulus. Mm-hmm. If you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, mm-hmm. it's like lifting, if I'm just lifting a 20 kilo bar on my back over and over again, I'm not going to get stronger. You plateau. You know, if you plateau, there's no stimulus. I have to, I just have to slowly increase the weight. Mm-hmm. Same with training, if you've got the same training over and over again, it's just a different stimulus to training. So if you have that different stimulus, your brain's going to have to work harder and all of a sudden it's something different. Yeah. Therefore, get stimulated and that's where we grow and get better. Just like you were saying with the, the, the running around, like the, the conditioning where you're just doing sprints or where the small side of games is you, is more beneficial because your heart's in it, you're, it's a different stimulus, you, you want to be competitive, which is kind of, in, to be fair, futsal is just a small side of games. Yeah, exactly. exactly. There you go. Um, but yeah, no, cool. That's perfect. Yeah. I think we learned a lot. I, I learned haste, man. We, you have to send me so this. You, uh, you're going to see like... In, Maybe two episodes will be like so much like fit. You go, oh my gosh, you guys are gonna see that. And yeah, I, I hope I can prove even my does that strength and conditioning help your height? Because that'd be great. If you find that type of you would have never been higher, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need that exercise, dude. I've got players who paid me out so much, man. And like, hey, hold on a second. How old are you? 24. How old are you? I'm um, turning 23. Oh my gosh, and I'm 26. <laughs> oh, come on, Kyle, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, I feel so... Oh my gosh, I feel so old now. How old are you? I don't even know. Do, do we need to talk? About yes, yes, okay, yes. I'm We're gonna 30, let 36. 36? Hey, yeah, I'm old now. You're young, man. I could be your dad. No, no, no. no. <laughs> my dad's not 60. Not that much. Yeah, not <laughs> that much. But yeah, no, look, yeah. I'm feeling so old now. <laughs> <laughs> You're 36, you oh, baby. I know, yeah. Jeez. Oh, well, again, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thank that, you so though. much for sharing like all that kind of like information and experience with mm-hmm. us. That's really important, and I think everyone watching this, they they can get related. They can learn a few more, and if they want to.
touch base on you. How they do it? Yeah, so I'm on, I'm thinking about my Instagram handle now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's Scott, fine. Scott we'll, Hart. We'll, we can put an Instagram handle. Yeah, put it in there. So, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, play the podcast. Podcha- pod, um, <laughs> <laughs> Run a podcast, that's what. Play the podcast. Projects is, um, so, best football is best place you can go. So, that's the three Ps about, right? Yeah, the three Ps. The player podcast. Play a podcast project. Best place you can go. Awesome. Also, because you played football and things like that, off the cuff, put you on the spot. Is there any sort of advice for the kids watching at home who are aspiring professional, want to be a you know professional players, or you know they they do this sort of training, they want to do extra training? What could you say to them if you know anything in terms of? Well, you give the you know you know type of quotes, you know work hard. Yeah, the cliche. Also, if you want to be, if you want to make that next step, you have to invest. Yeah. You have to invest in. If you don't know it. Find someone that does. Mm-hmm. So that's getting technically better in your coaches and doing that at your club. Find someone like yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you know, if you want to get strong, grow quicker. Find someone like um, like me. Like you know, you need to invest to maybe look to progress a little bit further in your careers. Um, you don't need to do it at a stupid age, and you don't need to basically pay stupid money. But my best thing as a coach is if someone comes to me and they're with me for six months, and then they go, actually, I don't need you anymore. Mm-hmm. I can because you know it's not just about me giving them the exercise, it's also educating them while they're there. Yeah. If they come to me in 6-12 months, like, actually, I don't need you, I can program for myself, I know how the, my nutrition's right, and how to recover, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. They can then go and do it themselves, and don't have to pay for me anymore, happy days. Mm. So it's all about job. that education side of yeah. it as well. Mm. That's perfect. Um, so, yeah, they'll need to invest a little bit. If they want to do that next step, they need to look, they need help, they need to look yeah. that mm. help. Because if they don't, someone else is. Exactly. And it's a competitive world. It's exactly. Somebody's right. getting the help and you're not getting Especially the help. Especially in the sports community in Australia, there are so many more spots. You know, I come from a country where there's, you know, we have the most professional um, clubs and, you know, we have 92 professional clubs mm-hmm. and every club's got some a youth team, a, a, mm-hmm. a juniors and whatever. Here we have the one. Yeah, Adelaide United. That's it. And, and so if you're not going to take it, another, another athlete will. Mm-hmm. So um, invest, work hard and go from there. Awesome, perfect. perfect, love it. Well, thank you for coming on board, by the way. I appreciate you guys taking the time to, to come out here and, and go on the podcast. Did you say you have a podcast at all? Oh, we haven't gone on for a while, but um, the Football Pink podcast is what it was. Yeah, he's lying. No more, no more. He's lying. Yeah, for a, well, back in the last episode, how I do it last Okay, fair enough, do you yeah. think so? I think he's lying. I don't know if you know. It's like he was talking about podcasts during the whole time. Yeah, the whole but time. Out, he's trying to promote himself here. Yeah, 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 the whole time he's but doing yeah, that podcast. If he does have it, I'll put the link down there. Yeah, you yeah. can watch like him. Me and my dad talk about Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're a Liverpool fan, check it out. If you hate Liverpool, yeah. probably not the one to go to. Do you yeah. have the episode like 2005? When he was eight years old? Oh my god. I yeah. do have one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make one just for you. Yeah, yeah, we'll make one. Again, thank you so much, guys. Thank you so, so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah. See you we'll next see time. We'll see you guys next time for sure. Perfect. Cheers. Yeah. Appreciate Cheers. it. Thanks for coming on.